Welcome back to the Belfry Hockey Podcast. Uh, this episode, which is Season 2, Episode 14, I'm going to focus on the development of ice geography in players and how important I think that that is. And it's something that should be a consideration more than I think it is in development. And so I wanted to kind of just walk through some of the key pieces and then some elements of how you might want to go about developing it or some things that I do to ensure that it's it's a main part of the development process that I go through with our players. So first let's talk about what ice geography really is. So ice geography is the common spacing or markings that are on the ice and where they are from a strategic point of view. So you have the regular ice markings that are on the ice, like the goal line, the crease, the hash marks, the circle, the top, the circle, the bottom, the circle, the interior hash marks, the outside hash marks. You have the, the blue line. You have the 10 feet before the blue line, 10 feet after the blue line. Um, you have the red line. And then, of course, the same, same in the other end. So those are the typical marks that are on the ice that that's painted on the ice. You also have that top of the circle, the you know an imaginary line that goes across the top of the circle. Uh, they have that dot line, which is the four dots that go down the each side of the ice. That's those those are uh, ice markings as well. And then you have the other strategic uh, ice geography that we don't talk about as much also, which would be, for example, like the offensive seam. So offensive seam would be from the, like it's in the circle, but on the inside of the circle. So some people would call it like, if you took the circle and you and you drew out like a pie, like four, like cut it in, in, in two lines, um, down one side and then across the hash marks. There's like the high pie piece is is an off is really the offensive seam. So people call that any number of any number of things. I call it the offensive seam. People call it whatever you want, but that's an area of the ice, an example of of an ice mark, an, a geographical area that's important for a player to know. So if I said, I need you to get the offensive seam, the player would know where to go. This is really, I think, a really important part, you know, being a high F3. So where is that? Like, where is the high F3? Where is that? And on our team, where is it? And it's different for different people. Um, you know, I, I also think like the net area, uh, there's... I, I have different areas that I think are important there. You have like the low slot, you have the slot, you have the high slot. That's just a simple way of describing it. People call it all different. I have a whole thing with a second layer, which I think is where rebounds most, most commonly go out to. So that's an area that's really important as well. So and, and there's all kinds of these. I, I have one where it's close to the offensive blue line. When you're in the offensive zone and you come up to the blue line, when you when you take where the blue line kind of meets the boards, 
that I call the high elbow. So players that can come off the top of the circle, but not in the blue line, up, up outside the blue line, still inside the blue line, that's a high elbow. You know, you have the point. What's the point? Where is the point? All of that. So these, in on any given team, you will have certain things that are geographical markers that are really important. So like, for example, if you had... If you had a, a squirt team or a novice team, you you might care about the blue line because the blue line is like their first understanding of offsides and, and how the blue line works. So that's a critical ice marking that's very important at that particular juncture in the player's development. Um, you might have a time in which you're teaching icing. You know, the kids are learning how to change on the fly. So as they're learning to change on the fly, the red line becomes important. Like you got to be on the other side of the red line before you can get the puck in. So that's a critical, critical uh, ice marking to know where to go. As they get older, uh, you have a winger and you say like, look, I need you to get off the wall and get to the dot line because that's really important. I need you to own, like understand how to travel through the dot line the middle the middle of the ice like where's that like uh on a back check sometimes coaches will talk about on a back check sort on a a, it's a two on it's a three on two and you're the back checker a lot of coaches would like the player to skate through the middle of the ice till they get to the red line and then they're going to then take the weak side forward that's a geographical uh understanding of where you need to be at a certain period of time then it gets into plays so on a play you know you might say uh, on the rush we like to have a diamond approach off the rush and that's a shape that we want to create that is a moving geographical ice marking so we have the puck carrier is on the dot line or outside we have the guy going to the net is another point of the diamond. You have the guy who's on the far side, dot to dot. So that's another part point of the diamond. And then you have the 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 last for last player in could be the D, could be the the last forward. He's at the in the middle of the of the of the ice, as just crossing the blue line. So that forms a diamond. Sometimes we talk about triangles. Those are all different aspects of of uh of 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 ice geography and that and it just you know the older the players get the more sophisticated the offense is or the more sophisticated the understanding of um of of the where they need to play coaches will make names for certain areas of the ice both offensively and defensively that they expect you to go to at different times what if your team is like uh could be a, a peewee double uh, A team, and you're like, okay, like we need to teach these kids how to defend or come back to the defensive zone. So we're gonna have the house. So where's the house, and how does that work, and where do you go? And so you have them sprinting to the house, and they and then they learn from there. Then this is how we how we move to the next position. So this is all to say that I think that there's times. And now we're in this age of, you know, apparatuses and we're in the age of um, 
you know, small area games being a, a major thing. And I would like to challenge you as a coach or you as a player to start to consider the ice geography as part of your development and part of the development of the games in which you choose to play and how much of that is incorporated into it because that's a really important aspect of gameplay is understanding where you are on the ice at a given time and not not forgetting that best timing is arriving at the right place at the right time with the right amount of speed that's all three of those elements need to be present in order for you to have great timing. Timing is related to ice geography. You might get to a point where you have a player on your team who needs to learn how to play better in the offensive zone and be stronger on the puck. So you might teach, uh, have to teach how to cut back. So on a cutback, the most important part of a cutback is building space between you and the wall. But that space is is direct that you need to be able to turn into is directly related to your turning ability. The better you can turn, the tighter you can turn, the less space that you need. You know, the weaker that you turn, the more space that you need to turn, the more you have to build before you turn. Otherwise, you're going to run into the wall and you're going to lose the opportunity to cut back. So when I say players learning ice geography, I mean that having a consideration where it's important that they know where they are in, in the context of the play at, given, at certain times and that they're, they're looking to, to populate that area at the, at the right time. And that they understand, like what the ramifications are when they when they do that, both positively and then when they don't do it negatively, and and learning how to really manage the player in their understanding of ice geography and how it impacts not only their play but the play of everyone else around them. So, in the development of of ice geography, one of the things that I think is really important. This is why for me, I am very adamant that once you get to a, like you can play whatever games you want until you get to a certain age. Once you get to a certain age in development, okay, and this is where it all gets kind of skewed because so you're going to say, well, Daryl, I see NHL teams moving the nets every which way and having these fun games. Like if it's good enough for them, it's got to be good enough for our team. Yeah, it is. Fair enough. Every so often, yeah, it's good. But as a primary purpose, you're going to just play cross-ice three-on-three? Yeah, I don't know if you're going to be maximizing the developmental opportunities that were available if you would just leave the net where it's supposed to be. Put the net on the crease. Play three-on-three in zone. Now, you can not just play three-on-three. You can talk about dot release, for example. So we, in the three-on-three, one of your things might be we're going to focus on dot release. So player's going to play, you know, in the corner. They learn how to manage the puck. They escape pressure, and they pop the puck to the dot release guy. Dot release guy gets it, can shoot it, or that can continue the offense. But that's one aspect of understanding a, the geography of the ice. You might also have... Uh, 
weak side release. So this is a situation where the puck carrier is in the offensive zone. They're skating up the wall. They get to the first hash mark. And instead of skating, continuing to skate the puck up into the high ice, where is a higher probability of turnover, a higher chance of turnover, before you get there, that might be the area in which if there wasn't a play, an interior play or a threatening play to be made, then the next play has to be a dot release. So everyone on our team knows if the puck carrier is coming up that area, and I'm not able to get into a good spot for that puck to come interior for us to be able to threaten, he's sending it to the weak side. He's going to rim it back to the weak side, and our net front guy is going to turn on it, and now we're going to play out the other side. That's a way of utilizing uh, ice geography. And putting, putting in drills and putting in games and putting in uh, vernacular when you're on the bench and the way in which you talk to players, utilizing ice geography as an area of focus can pay off tremendously in the player's hockey sense and their ability to manage play. So everyone wants to tell me, Daryl, if you want to player you want to really see a player's hockey sense, put them three on three cross ice you're going to see him just play give and go hockey all over the ice and that is basically that's the highest expression of hockey sense i say no that's an expression of hockey sense that's not the highest expression of hockey sense to me hockey sense is the ability to get in that understanding that timing the right play being in the right spot at the right time with the right amount of speed so that a play could be made at that being able to do that and then the two pieces of that the person without the puck understanding when they need to arrive and managing their route to be able to arrive at the right place which the place is the ice geography part of it and then the puck carrier understanding how to manage the puck puck control puck protection spacing between them and the wall understanding how to manage and manipulate the defending player so that they can buy the sufficient amount of time so that when the puck, the non-puck carrier starts to slide into that spot, boom, you hit them with the pass. And that is the correlate, the, the, those two pieces working together is the expression of hockey sense. So by understanding some of those pieces and learning how to manage that, with the context of hockey sense or with the context of ice geography you are giving your players more enriched environment to build greater hockey sense in their hockey understanding that's what this is about so take all your games you have and see if you can convert that game to also include ice geography and if you can that becomes an enriched development environment that is a little bit of adding another layer to what you already have and could be like the next step so one way that you can do this and this is how I started with what I was doing I would take drills or games or things that I liked and start to think about how to convert these games and drills into 
this into also incorporating elements that I thought was again age and level appropriate to uh, to to ice geography and teaching them kind of certain things that that really are going to matter for them in the competitive understanding of where they're at at that particular time. So what I would do is do the game or the or the drill that I originally had. I would do that one first. So they get an understanding of kind of what we're doing, probably we've done it before. And then I would do that for like five minutes or whatever it is just to get them the feel. They get a few reps through and then I would switch to my game adding the ice geography so they can see the ice geography element to it. And, and you know, we want to shoot all our pucks we're going to shoot from the offensive seam. Perfect. Everyone knows where the seam is. They know that that's the type of play that we're trying to create. So now the puck carrier and the non-puck carriers are trying to organize themselves so that they can arrive in that space at the right time and be available. And then the puck carrier can kind of see, okay, that guy is potentially going to get into that space. I got to manage and shake this defender in a way that gives me a passing lane at that perfect time to deliver the puck when that kid needs it so that he can execute the play. That's that's how, that's the type of stuff that I think is interesting and and a and a thing that's glaringly missing I think in a lot of the things that I hear or about when people talk about drill design or they talk about the games that they're they're, they're trying to develop for their their teams I don't hear enough about the considerations that are ice geography oriented and like i said it's it's level level appropriate it's not you know everything has to have ice geography in it i'm saying it's a consideration you do what you normally do but then have these like little conversions of drills and and game and games and other development activities that you're going to do um and and do it so one of the other things i do is if you're an apparatus guy which I am not. And I say that because I think that there's just better ways to do things than to have that, but I'm not discounting that it doesn't have any value because I do think it has value. I think where it gets difficult is that you have to then pick them all up and then you know start again. And I think that there's other ways to do it. And one of the ways that you can do it is where you would put the apparatus for the stick handling maneuver that you're trying to teach or the the um, the obstacle course that you're creating try to do an obstacle course that's only includes the that that, that includes the obstacles which would be you could have the uh, physical obstacle there if you want or you could use pucks i like to use just random like just regular pucks or then ultimately take the pucks away and start putting people in there um so that they get a little bit better more more better understanding of where and how in more context and again that's like that's a development process it's not like oh you can't use apparatuses you can't use i mean we don't want to use these pucks and we certainly don't want to we only want to use people because that's not exactly true either. There can be a real, like, logical, natural progression to get to that place. But what's the harm in being able to have 
some type of uh, situation where a player you know goes and gets a puck in the corner, they get up to the up to the hash mark and they turn back in a cutback. They have to keep their feet and manage the space. You don't want to go too far off the wall, but your feet have to clear. Then you're going to attack the dot. When you attack the dot, I want you to use a, a pull-in, push-out move that then you're going to shoot from the offensive seam. So you see what I see how I described that? That's the drill. That's what I want them to do. Just get into that whole thing. That's a way of using ice geography and at the same time teach some stick handling stuff and at the same time teach some scoring strategies. That's a way to do it. And you use the ice markings to and the ice geography as a method to be able to pin to point your player in the direction of being able to manage and understand space. So when one of the real, I think, development pieces that I think we all struggle to try to really become better at is teaching players to have greater awareness of what else is going on on the ice. So we call it ice vision or scanning or whatever you want to call it. I like to say it's awareness. It's just an awareness of where everybody is. So, you know... One of the pieces is not only knowing where everybody is, but in the context of where they are geographically on the ice and the shape that 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 the that the group is making, it has an impact on the patterns of the game. And the patterns of the game create predictability for me as to where that player might be moving next which then gives and impacts my decision-making. If my only way I'm doing decision-making and problem-solving is in randomness without consideration towards, towards like um, the awareness of where everyone could and should be and ice markings, how aware am I really? It's only one part of it. So if I do like a three-on-three three in the corner or a two-on-two two in the corner and the players are doing give-and-go and pass to space and flipping pucks between two checks and all that, that's all good development. Perfect. It's great development. Learning to set picks and screens and you know use the boards perhaps or you know, get in between two checks, jump in between the space between two guys. Hey, I'm, I'm all for it. But if that's the only way that you're doing it, now when I take that and I put it actually in the game and I add all the other people, can you create a dangerous play without with, with the people where they're supposed to be? Do you see what I mean? Like it's where the people, if, if we can find a way to put people in the right spot more consistently and have players be able to learn to manipulate and manage that situation based on the geograph geography of the ice and where people are they're going to be able you're, we're, we're going to be able to do a little bit more and create another layer of their level of understanding of the game i think this is like an area that is in player development for sure and even in coaching, there's a massive area of opportunity in the way in which we design our drills and design our games that this 
consideration needs to be used more. And I would love to see, and I don't see it at all, but I would love to see at least a little bit. And then ultimately, I would love to see uh, a group that comes up with uh, a set of games and drills and a package of a player development uh, package for their group that includes ice geography. And if you do that, the impact that that would have on their hockey sense and their ultimate game execution would be immense and is an area of clear opportunity in both player development and in coaching that I think would be a competitive advantage for those who choose to do the work to convert all their drills and games to try to come up with ways in which that those things might become more of a consideration. The payoff for the player and for the way your team is going to move and manage is and their grow their greater understanding of the way the game moves there's just no downside to something like that so that's what i wanted to kind of dig into today is 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 ice geography and i i'm a massive proponent of it i think it's a huge player a huge player development and huge coaching um opportunity and so i want to kind of lay it out that way and you guys can do with it what you like with but i hope that some of you at least think about it and maybe start coming up with some ideas because i think that um as you do you'll find that the con the training to game or practice to game transfer would be something that i think you'd really like